Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. This week's show has a not for children warning, so please listen to this when you know that your children are not around. Our shows always go to podcasts within two days, so my show will be on podcasts, usually on Saturdays. So you can go anywhere that you listen to podcasts to hear this show if you do have children around at the moment. We are seeing a lot of sexuality expressed on media today. It seems impossible to not be exposed to what used to be called aberrant or illegal or lewd public sexual acts. But if you comment or find it offensive, you tend to be called names these days and confronted and maybe even sued. Two of my recent shows address the impact of sexualizing American citizens. And if you miss those shows, I will add them to my show notes. I did a show on June 17th addressing child molestation in America. And then on June 27, I did a show called A Generation of Confused Souls indoctrinated by a corrupted news cycle. And on that particular news analysis that I was doing, I addressed the outbreak of teenage mobs that have been going around the country, vandalizing and destroying cities. And I proposed a hypothesis that hopefully some medical people out there were listening to that perhaps mass COVID vaccination of American teens could possibly be setting off cases of encephalitis in our youth causing mass mental agitation and inflammation of the brain. Now, if you're out there and you have kids that have been COVID vaccine vaccinated and you have noticed aggressive behaviors, agitation, or personality changes with your teenager or your kids, you you definitely need to listen to that particular show. Now, related to our topic today is also something that Nurse April did this week on June 27. Her title of her show was Homosexuality, the Case for Nurture versus Nature. And she discusses and exposes the Kenzie Institute at Indiana University. And what this institute is about is an institute for sex research, the ISR. And the Indiana University preserved and protect the data of Kenzie's research. And who is Alfred Kenzie? He is an entomologist turned into a sexuality researcher. But what April does is she takes Judith Reisman's book and specifically chapter seven and addresses the topics in there exposing the crimes of Alfred Kenzie. And the book is called Kenzie crimes and consequences. And she has that link in her show notes as well. 
So you, if you haven't listened to that, you definitely need to hear her take on what's going on in our society. Why are we seeing so much sexualization everywhere in our society? And I think that there may be multiple factors that are at play that could be contributing to what's going on. And here on Nurses Out Loud, every one of us are honestly addressing this from some angle. So today you're going to get to hear Nurse Michelle's angle, and this is one of many that I may share But I want to make sure you all know that when we say to you, go listen to nurse so-and-so's show or go to my show notes, I want to make sure you know how to do that. So if you go to americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud, you would just simply push the face of one of the nurses that you're looking for. I'm Nurse Michelle, the Thursday nurse. And if you're looking for something I referenced, you would just push my face and every article is there with all of my show notes and every link that I have. And if you're listening to me on podcasts, you would just simply go to that internet address. And also on each of our articles that we publish, you can also actually listen to the show there as well. So you can listen live on America Out Loud and you can listen whenever you're convenient. So I'm a very big podcast person. I listen every time I get in the car alone, which is not very much. I do have six kids, so I'm not often alone. But when I am, I do love to get a podcast in so I can be informed. Today, I want to address a reality in our American culture that seems unavoidable to address. And that is the hypersexualization of American children in our society. It is Pride Month, and everywhere you look on mainstream news and social media, you witness shocking displays of sexuality expressed publicly for all to see. I'm appalled by what I've been seeing walking down the streets on my social media, and I personally have never been to a Pride event, but if I were going to go there to support any friends that I wanted to support, and if I had children with me, and I would think that maybe this is going to be a very colorful parade that is just celebrating people's sexual choices. It's not something that I would go to because I don't feel like that's something that should actually be a parade on display, but yet it is. So if I was there with a child and I saw what I am seeing now on our radio stations and TV shows and social media, I would cover my children's eyes immediately and get the heck out of Dodge. I would not be there because what I am seeing is adult men walking down the streets completely nude. Yes, you are correct. And what I'm saying, riding their bicycles or just walking completely nude, women doing the same completely nude. And we're not talking about, you know, the um, centerfold models walking down the street. Okay. Not that I am for that. Okay. But women are beautiful. They're meant to be God made them that way. And, um, these people that are walking down the streets are people that are perhaps middle-aged or plus or whatever, and they are less than fit, let's just say, and they are walking around nude and not really attempting to be attractive. They're just being themselves. And maybe there's something wonderful about that for them. If you're at a nudist beach, right? And I believe one of the groups that was actually walking around was from a nudist beach and or a nudist colony of some kind. So, you know, those still do exist. And apparently they were started in the 60s. And those people who were young whippersnappers then doing it 
are still doing it today. So they're now walking down the streets streaking. And there used to be a song called, you know, the streak. But once upon a time, this was considered illegal behavior. Now, once upon a time when I had a young daughter who was 12, we were out shopping uh, for a birthday gift in the night for a birthday party the next day we were having at our home. And she was 12, 13 years old. So when we were in Walmart, we I just told her, go on that aisle. I went on the aisle right beside her. She was invisible. It seemed reasonable. You would like to think your um, Walmart locally is safe, but it's not. And if you listen to the child molestation show, you will find out how unsafe your church is and other places like that. But on this particular occasion, my daughter dashed back to me after only being away from me for just a moment. And she said, mama, a man squatted down at the end of the aisle and he pulled back his shorts. Now this was October in Ohio, so it's cold. And he had on shorts and no shirt apparently. And he opened up his shorts and revealed his nude body part. And of course, that was something my daughter was shocked at because I did not bring her to parades and there were no parades at that time to go to where nude people were walking around. So my daughter was shocked appropriately. We reported it and we found out that the um, man on the camera had actually followed us from the moment we got into the building and waited for the moment that mama was not near and he flashed her. And actually, while she was telling me, he came behind me and gave her a threatening look. So once upon a time, that was a crime and you get reported. And there are statistics that show that men who do these acts actually go on to be rapists and they also go on to be murderers. So for somebody like myself, who's a crime junkie fan who likes to listen to true crime, I know these things. And I will tell you that this is an aberrant behavior, but yet we are in a society right now that considers it okay for a middle-aged or uh, let's just even say elderly man to be walking around bare with his body completely bare, flashing children, and also for him to be in his white underwear only, gyrating in front of groups of children and parents beside them recording. Okay. So when you see these videos out on social media, they are there. You will not have a hard time finding them because people have phones everywhere they go now. So what you do is recordable. And thank goodness it is. But we have parents sitting there pointing with their children for them to look at scenes like this. And if you're like me, you're thinking, Nurse Michelle, you know, I would never do this. This is just horrible. This is a small sector of our society. I am afraid that is not correct. It is now normal and mainstream and being normalized. And yes, we do need to stop it and find out why this is happening. So as you know, June has been declared month of pride or pride month. And once upon a time, those of you, I'm more than half of a hundred. So those of you who are my age or older, you may say the same thing that June used to be associated to the month of brides. It is the most popular month for marriage. And interestingly, I looked up why is that, that people consider June such a favored month to do that. And it is speculated that it's because June is named after a Roman goddess of marriage named Juno. Um, she's known as the protector of women in all aspects of life, but especially in marriage and childbearing. So weddings in June um, becomes most auspicious. But 
I would theorize that it has absolutely nothing to do with the goddess of marriage, but it has everything to do with the reality that our school systems end in May and those that are eager to marry their beloved are looking for the first moment post-graduation to do that. And June is common. But the reason why I bring that up is because June has now been turned into Pride Month. So I wanted to tell you what is out there about why June became Pride Month and why this is happening now. So if you go to the Census Bureau's website, I will provide the link in the my bio in my show notes, you can learn the history of why we have LGBTQIA plus Pride Month. Um, That stands for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer Pride Month is currently celebrated each month, each year in the month of June to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan. The Stonewall Uprising was a tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. In the United States, the last Sunday in June was initially celebrated as Gay Pride Day, but the actual day was flexible. In major cities across the nation, the day soon grew to encompass a month-long series of events. Today, celebrations include pride parades, picnics, parties, workshops, symposias, concerts, and LGBTQ Pride Month events attract millions of participants around the world. Memorials are held during this month for those members of the community who have been lost to hate crimes of HIV, AIDS, etc. The purpose of the commemorative month is to recognize the impact that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals have had on history locally, nationally, and internationally. So we have now an entire month where this is celebrated where the harms done to people who have had sexual preferences in these areas are celebrated and are valued, shown value. Um, But I do want to add that there is a significant population of our country that are one in every four females that I do address in my child molestation um, show that are abused and sexually molested by relatives, church, clergy, friends, boyfriends, etc. And we do not have a month celebrating and recognizing and validating the harms done to them. But that that subject does play into today's topic about, and it, it ties in with what April discussed this week as well, that there does tend to be a pattern of sexual abuse in the past of people that may fall into the LGBTQIA categories. And she challenged the listeners that if you are a person that falls into that category, that can say that you are not and not previously sexually harmed, then please let us hear from you because we would like to hear from you. And how to do that is to go to our show page, like I gave you earlier in the, in this show And you would just see the option to send us an email and we would love to hear from you. Okay. Because we are all learning and this is all new because our society is clearly evolving. Now, some would say that we're progressing because all these people who used to feel like they had to be, let's say in the closet are now out there on the streets. 
and um, blatantly um, showing their sexuality in a public display. Now, a public display of affection, a PDA, is not the same thing as what I'm talking about here, okay? So let's say a, a gay couple is together and they're hugging and loving on each other or kissing each other in a public situation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about lewd inappropriate hypersexualization showing in inappropriate sexual acts in a public way. So if it was illegal for that man to flash my daughter, it should be illegal for adults to be showing sexual acts in a public place called a parade that other children or minors could potentially see. And I think we would all agree that that is a reasonable thing to say. So the question is, why is this happening? And if you listen to me enough, you know that I say, if so, why so? If not, why not? My favorite college professors said that all the time. And I love it. My kids have heard it all the time. And we all should ask, if so, why so? If not, why not? So why is this happening in such prevalence? Why do we have an entire month now with these kind of things going on in our society? And why is it seemingly that our culture is pressuring us to accept that if a girl says that she's now a boy, we should call her a he. And if she wants to get her body parts cut up and mutilated, the medical community should consider that a normal thing because even though her body biologically is a female, she is wanting to be a male, so let's do science projects on her and turn her into a male and put her at great risk, putting her on hormone therapies that anybody with any medical common sense knows is harmful to anybody because of the inserts that come with these medications. So this is being normalized. We have public schools, which are also better called government institutions, government schools that are government educating your children. They are promoting not only critical race theory that doesn't relate to our topic today specifically in, in the sense that it's not specifically about sexuality, but the subject does apply in that it is causing division and among our American people. So if you have division being brewed in our culture, are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? Are you white? Are you black? Are you an immigrant? Are you not an immigrant? We have a problem brewing in our country that could really make for um, a disaster. And the disaster is really already here. And that's why we call on Nurses Out Loud, this is war, because we are already in that war. And we're in a war for truth. And what is obviously wrong is obvious to anybody with a conscience that can look and see and read. You do not even have to be visually, you could be visually impaired and read about the news that's happening in our culture and know that something is wrong. It is not normal to have expressions of sexuality blatantly on display, right? We have strip clubs, right? People go to strip clubs to go in and see things that are considered private. They're going to pay extra to get in something like that. And we probably have trafficked women or women in distress that are in those situations, desperate to make money and their beauty al allows them to do that. So that is a reality. But if you listen to my show about child predators, you'll also hear about the extreme prevalence of victims in our society of sexual abuse. And if you listen to April's show, 
you'll find out about the 1940s Kenzie Institute that contributed to hundreds, if not thousands of children being justified to be sexually molested. Okay. Those children grow up and we don't know how those children grew up. Did they become children who molest? Did they become people who were confused sexually because they were harmed sexually? Do we have children who became predators? And all of these things, if you're a psychologist or a psychology major, or you have an interest in that, even though it's not a highly, um, if you look at professions to choose uh, for colleges, it is not one that has a good chance of you finding a job because apparently a lot of people have an interest in psychology, but we're not getting a lot of fruit from what's happening with all these educated people in psychology. So if you're passionate about the psyche of why this is happening, pay attention. Nurse Michelle, Nurse April, and the other nurses of Nurses Out Loud are putting some topics before you for your mind to be inspired to be part of the solution. Because when we're in a war, there are different roles that we all play. And for me, I am a voice that is out there perhaps inspiring you to do an act. In war, there are soldiers, commanders, doctors, and nurses, media, and spies. You may be someone called to be a spy and report information you are witnessing or have firsthand knowledge of. If you are aware, our Friday nurse, Nurse Jody is a federal whistleblower. If you have something that needs to be told, please reach out to Nurse Jody on our show page, please. And she will help you navigate exposing harms within schools, churches, public schools, colleges, at a pride parade, whatever needs to be reported, reach out to us and we can see if we can help you find someone that can get things exposed. We all have an important role to play at this time in history. Now, if you listen to my child molestation show, you know we discussed the Spotlight movie, and it addresses the Catholic priest sex abuse scandal. And I'm going to review that just briefly. You can listen to the whole thing on that show. But the Archdiocese of Boston, that's where it originally started, said that 7% of its priests were accused of abusing minors between 1950 and 2003 in 144 cities and towns that make up their archdiocese. 162 represented 7% of over 2,000 priests that were accused of abusing 815 minors over 53 years, and that is just the ones they know of, okay? An additional 57 priests and deacons, most of them affiliated somehow with the religious organization, found another 150 minors that were also abused during that same time period. But here's the problem. When the Catholic Church found out about these priests that were doing harm to children, sexually harming children, they did not depose, annihilate, report to the police these priests. They moved them to another city, another state, and then another country. So these people who um, damaged children in a sexual way were moved around to do greater harm all around the world. The French 
Catholic Church alone reported 216,000 victims of sexual abuse within the French Catholic Church between 1950 and 2020. Australia reports 4,444 victims of sexual abuse from priests, which represented about 15% of priests that were perpetrators in Australia. Let's see. They also have in Germany that the um that there are 314 minors, mostly boys under the age of 14, sexually abused between 1975 and 2018. And then they found another 1,600 clergy that had committed some type of sexual attack against 3,600 additional minors, mostly boys under 13, between 1946 and 2014. In the United States, the total number According to the lawyers, more than 11,000 complaints have been lodged in the U.S. by victims of priests and you know millions have been paid out to these. OK, so we're talking about hundreds of predator priests, more than th- thousands of child victims in our country and all over the world. When the Catholic diocese opened up their archives, it revealed that hundreds of priests had been suspected of abusing minors. Now, I will put in the show notes the link to the movie Spotlight that reveals this whole thing. If you do not know about it, it's one of my summer movies that I want everybody to be aware of because I haven't even tapped all the other places in the world where this happened. I mean, Ireland, there was like 15,000. And you're thinking, why is Nurse Michelle telling me this? Because... Children who've had these horrible things done to them grow up to be adults. And you have to question yourself to say, what kind of adults are sitting on the sides of parades and approving of or are not offended by or are normalizing these kind of behaviors, lewd behavior in public places for their children to see. And I would say that we're possibly dealing with people who have had some kind of damage done to them in their past, and they have a skewed view of sexuality and what a child should be exposed to, because perhaps they were among the hundreds of thousands of victims alone, just from the Catholic church priest abuse. And we know that there's abuse in all kinds of denominations that have been covered up for decades, that there's family sexual abuse, that there's hush abuse that has happened that people have suffered over decades and never told anybody about. So we're talking about a lot of victims in our society because we have a problem, Houston, that is not being addressed. And perhaps we need a pride month that addresses the real issue that is affecting more people in our society than perhaps what we're celebrating during June. Now, when we come back after the break, I'm going to address some medical implications that are possibly causing sexual dysfunction and some root causes for why the medical problems are happening in mass across our country to children that are potentially acting out or part of this generation that are being uh, normalizing aberrant sexual behavior. And, And now we don't even know what to call what is aberrant sexual behavior, right? But when we come back, we'll address those topics and find out what are the medical things that are happening to our culture that are potentially causing sexual dysfunction in America after the break. It's time in this is 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. It's time and this is Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. Where we left off was discussing the hypersexualization of our culture and what seems like the normalization among the masses that this is okay behavior and what we're seeing so aberrant um, being so normalized. So the question is, you know, we address in the first half the possible cultural, social uh, abuse things that possibly are contributing to why we're seeing what we're seeing. But here on the second half, I want to address medical possible theories out there, hypotheses that Nurse Michelle is going to put out there based on my experience as someone more than half of a hundred with six kids, and one of which who has been in the federal vaccine court for seven years fighting our case. So on that note, I 
if you've heard about our story about her vaccine injury at the age of 16, you'll know that she did get a diagnosis of encephalitis. And we address that in my nurse news analysis where we discuss encephalitis. But one of the other diagnoses that she got was also epilepsy. So let's talk about epilepsy because all of us that have ever seen a seizure from somebody may have been really scared if you saw somebody have what's called a grand mal seizure where they fell on the ground and they started having convulsions. And these people were greatly misunderstood in generations past. On Nurses Out Loud, we want to make sure you feel fully informed and better educated. We want you to know a lot about the medical conditions you may observe or have people that um, may have these conditions. So epilepsy, according to the American Neurological Society of uh, Neurological Surgeons, define epilepsy as a disorder of the brain characterized by repeated seizures. A seizure is usually defined as a sudden alteration of behavior due to a temporary change in the electrical functioning of the brain. Normally, the brain continuously generates tiny electrical impulses in an orderly pattern. These impulses travel along neurons, the network of nerve cells in the brain, and throughout the whole body via chemical messengers called neurotransmitters. In epilepsy, the brain's electrical rhythms have a tendency to become imbalanced, resulting in recurrent seizures. In patients with seizures, the normal electrical pattern is disrupted by sudden and synchronized bursts of electrical energy that may briefly affect their consciousness, movements, or sensations. Epilepsy is usually diagnosed after a person has had at least two seizures that were not caused by some known medical conditions, such as alcohol withdrawal or extremely low blood sugar. If seizures arise from a specific area of the brain, then the initial symptoms of the seizure often reflect the functions of that area. The right half of the brain controls the left side of the body, and the left half of the brain controls the right side of the body. For example, if a seizure starts from the right side of the brain in the area that controls movement in the thumb, then the seizure may begin with jerking of the left thumb. Intriguing, isn't it? Now, I don't want to take you down to a neurological fellowship that is way too detailed, but just so you know, there are categories of seizures, whether they're primary, generalized seizures, or partial seizures. And seizures are also defined by where they originate, like we just discussed. Epilepsy in which the seizures begin from both sides of the brain at the same time is called a primary generalized epilepsy. Hereditary factors are important in partial generalized epilepsy. So there can be factors that come down through generations uh, from parents. Some partial seizures are related to head injury, brain infection, stroke, or tumor, but in most cases, the cause is unknown. Okay, that's coming from the neurological surgeons, okay? One question that is used to further classify partial seizures is whether consciousness which is the ability to respond and remember, is impaired or preserved. The difference may seem obvious, but there are many degrees of consciousness, impairment, or preservation. So there's factors that can increase the risk of seizures in people that are predisposed to seizures, and that can be stress, sleep deprivation or fatigue, insufficient food intake, alcohol use or drug abuse, failure to take prescribed anti-convulsant medications. 
Now we could get really intense and we are going to get intense in just a moment, but not so much that it's going to be ununderstandable for everybody out there listening. Because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying to you here today. So epilepsy involves seizures. And we know that there's people that are predisposed to seizures and that there's certain things that you could do to possibly cause it to start happening. Now, I'll tell you about my daughter in just a moment, but nurse Michelle, who has multiple sclerosis and has 30 lesions on my brain, um, had a a, a occurrence that was almost like an epileptic episode in December of last year. And it happened in the night. It was quite terrifying. I knew to call the neurologist that manages me and ask him for an EEG. And sure enough, there was something that looked like that. But at that time, Nurse Michelle had been doing two and a half years straight of 18-hour days, sleeping five hours while I was helping people through COVID, probably having 200 to 400 patient interactions a day. And I am not kidding. Anything from questions about nebulizing to literally how to find help uh, because doctors were failing them everywhere. So it was very hard two and a half years. I wasn't tired at all. Five hours was plenty for me. But as my neurologist said to me, my brain was tired and it was tired because I had to read a lot of stuff that was above my IQ level. I hope my IQ increased during this. But anyways, my brain was stressed and it had a little funk and it thank goodness didn't get me an epilepsy diagnosis, but my brain responded poorly to the abuse of it. I abused it and I granted, he asked me just to do five minutes of uh, close my eyes for just five minutes at the top of every hour and just give your poor brain a break, Michelle. So I'm learning, but in my daughter's case, she started having extreme behavior changes alterations after she had her chickenpox vaccine at the age of 16. Okay. She had a booster that she was behind on and she had to get it. You can hear about that story some other time on another show, but she had it. And the way that we found out that these horrible behaviors that she was having, irritation, agitation, paranoia, panic, um, all kinds of um, neuroses that she was showing did not dawn on me was anything other than bad behavior of a 16 year old until she stared for a few seconds at the dinner table. And I knew that there was a form of seizures called absence seizures, where you don't actually have a convulsion, but actually the brain is actually having a form of a convulsion and it's not fully conscious at that moment. So she was able to sit up, look reasonably normal, except her eyes look like she was just given a drug right before surgery that would gork you out. So Um, As soon as I saw that, she changed personalities right on the other side of that seizure, called the neurologist and knew to ask for an EEG, which revealed that my daughter was having epileptic seizures all day long. Yes, my daughter was having epilepsy all day long. And nurse Michelle, who's, you know, informed, did not recognize it until she did the stairs. So we would later find out from an extremely technical test that had to be done. That's a gold standard video EEG that lasts seven days, 24 hours a day. You're on camera and you're watched very carefully. And the neurologist involved that was at a leading teaching hospital said to me, she was the chief of epilepsy. Your daughter has a neuroimmune mediated brain injury that is originating from the left temporal lobe. This is a form of left temporal lobe epilepsy, though she does not have a tumor associated to it. So commonly left temporal lobe epilepsy has a tumor associated, but in my daughter's case, her reason for her brain to start dysfunctioning started after a chickenpox vaccine transported into her brain barrier, blood brain barrier, 
and cause some damage to the left temporal lobe. And let's talk about what does that mean when the left temporal lobe is damaged. Now, with a simple Google search, you can find plenty of associations to vaccination and seizures, believe it or not. But in the National Library of Medicine, we have a study that's called Vaccination Triggers Rather Than Causes Seizures. And in their conclusion, they say that our results suggest that in most cases, genetic or structural defects are the underlying cause of epilepsy with onset after vaccination, including both cases with pre-existent encephalopathy, which means an abnormality of the brain, or benign epilepsy, which they think means epilepsy that is not of significant origin, perhaps what I had in December with onset after vaccination, with good outcome. This, so here I am still performing and I had an epileptic episode in December. So that's possibly what falls into a category of performing well. These results have significant added value in counseling of parents of children with vaccination-related first seizures, and they might help to support public faith in vaccination programs. Oh, aren't we so glad that we're making sure that the study makes sure to reassure that we should all keep signing up our children to get more vaccines because of vaccine-induced epilepsy, because they want to blame the vaccine-induced epilepsy on, oh, your child already had a pre-existing, which means already there, abnormality in their brain, and this vaccine just caused it to just go ahead and start acting up. Okay, so that's something that happened with my daughter. That's what makes it really hard in federal court to prove your case is because of studies like this that are out there that um, you don't really have to be a medical person to find that there's some stupidity here. But yet it is in our National Library of Medicine protecting our vaccine program very nicely. Now, what I wanted to make sure to tell you about left temporal lobe epilepsy is what they said to me about my daughter is that left temporal lobe epilepsy always causes some form of sexual dysfunction. Now, that's a big piece of information to have, especially when your daughter, after a vaccination injury that started with an anaphylactic-like reaction and respiratory distress and then evolved into behavioral alterations because of her encephalitis and her epilepsy, started having sexual alterations. Okay, so when you're dealing with a 16-year-old, what do you actually call a sexual difference, right? That something's going on. Well, you are the mother. You've been living with the child all of their life. I'll never forget the day that the doctor, the psychologist that was useless to me, you know, basically said that I was just having a problem accepting a reality about my daughter. When I said to him, no, you're having a problem listening to the medical reports that I just gave you that the doctors found anomalies on her brain that started after this vaccine. And now she's also having sexual dysfunction. And what would happen to her is up until her seizures were actually um, under control with medication, she immediately went to being lesbian in her mind. And she was as sure as anything could be. And she started um, seeing girls that was um, like her girlfriends and started acting out on it like um, anybody would at 16 years old because they're attracted to somebody, right? And um, then when she would get her medication regulated, she would go back to a heterosexual thinking in her brain. And that would continue for years. Um, but by the time that 
we would finally get it solved with the correct medication, the practice of being a person that believes you are lesbian had already been a normal practice. Okay. So whatever your first sexual encounters can be, can start to lead to what your normal actions are. And that's still for, you know, out for the next generation to solve. Okay. But for right now, I just want you to understand that in left temporal lobe epilepsy and then in epilepsy in general, um, people have sexual alterations. As many as two thirds of people with epilepsy face some change in sexual desire, behavior, or activity as a result of their seizures. There is reduced genital blood flow in response to erotic stimulation in people who have epilepsy. Here is another valuable insight from our National Library of Medicine when they state that regardless of the disease, people who are suffering from sexual dysfunction are losing a their quality of life and that it's an important indicator of quality of life to have proper sexual function. And we're watching children all across this country start having hormones given to them when their sexual function is just starting to come alive and start functioning. We're giving them chemicals to change their sexual function. We're cutting off their breasts and we're cutting off their penises and we are changing their body parts. So needless to say, their indicator of a quality of life has been impacted by who? The medical community that is responding to what looks like a pathological problem in our society with sexual dysfunction. We were told by our neurologist that any form of sexual dysfunction could manifest itself. It could be asexual, hypersexual, interest in the opposite sex, hyper pursuit of the opposite sex, hyper pursuit of the same sex. Um, any kind of sexual dysfunction could occur. So let that just sink in a bit. We're talking about somebody who just had a vaccine injury, all of a sudden is having sexual alterations because of something that was injected into their body. As many as two thirds of people with epilepsy in general face some change in sexual desire, behavior, or activity as a result of their seizures according to the Epilepsy Foundation. When you do a deep dive into the studies around this particular topic, what you're going to discover is that there's a lot of things that they say are rare. Well, let me tell you why they're rare. Because nobody talks about it, okay? So even though my own child was diagnosed with this, there was zero offered to help or zero solutions and hardly any conversation going between psychologists, psychiatrists, and back to the neurologist and certainly no study being done. So this person is, you know, 10 years later, now living an adult life affected, has been on seizure medications for 10 years. And obviously there's impacts of seizure medication as well. But how did this all start? It started with a person who had a mandated chickenpox vaccine who suddenly had to start doing something different with her life because her brain was altered because of a chickenpox vaccine. Now, why are we bringing this to the front on this topic that we're talking about the hypersexualization of our culture? So as many nurses on Nurses Out Loud have been trying to share with you, there is 
an apparent correlation to what looks like a rise in multiple medical conditions across our country with the children in America. So let's just say we've already addressed on another show, encephalitis is increasing in their frequency. We'll see just how much it increases now that the COVID vaccine has been added to the children's vaccine schedule. And for those that did not listen to my 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals, be sure to listen to that because there's many questions that most of your medical doctors do not know the answers to. They're not informed on the subject of vaccines. So when your child suddenly starts having epilepsy, they're going to ask whether or not anybody in the family had it. And if nobody in the family had it, they're going to say something like, you know, probably had some encephalopathy, some kind of abnormal thing in your brain that just suddenly made this start turning on. It just happened to happen and be triggered after a vaccine. But our country has just had mass vaccination of hundreds of thousands of young children, teens, college students, and all of those people are going through sexual development. And if epilepsy can indeed follow vaccination, as it is well documented in the literature, and if epilepsy causes sexual dysfunction, and if in Nurse Michelle's generation, I only knew one person ever with epilepsy, and if you are in your 20s having your children right now, and you start noticing patterns of epilepsy and encephalitis and other disorders, please recognize that my myself, I only had to have four vaccines between the ages of zero and 18. My children had about 14 between the ages of zero and 14 before we got smart and stopped vaccinating our children. But my grandchildren, I have three grandchildren right now who have had zero vaccines and they're four, three, and Um, just newborn. And those children face 72 vaccines between the ages of zero and 18. So during the time frame since my childhood to my grandchildren's childhood, there has been a mass campaign of injecting more and more adjuvants, which are additives in the vaccines that, that are supposed to make the vaccines more effective. And there are, of course, the actual live vaccines at times, which are the viruses, which can cross the blood-brain barrier and are documented to do so. You can actually get chickenpox in your brain. Um, Things like that have happened and are in the literature following a chickenpox vaccination. Nobody told you about that, right? Because it's rare, but it's not as rare as people want to believe it is because the fact is information like this is not being shared. So here we are. Everybody looking around, noticing that something is obviously wrong because it is wrong to see what's happening in the streets of our major cities. This is not appropriate behavior. Um, It is not inappropriate to say that whatever you do in your bedroom is your business and what you do is private, but it doesn't belong on the streets for children to be able to witness. Medical News Today comments that Sexual desire is affected by the brain for both men and women. Sexual stimulation and satisfaction have been demonstrated to increase the activity of brain networks related to pain and emotional stress, as well as to the reward system. So we're talking about ways that our brain was wired 
to be able to function, to do beneficial things for our body. And yet damage is being done to the brain that are preventing these things from happening for developing children. Another study that I'll add to the show notes just uh, tells us that researchers have found that individuals with temporal lobe epilepsy present with changes in personality and psychiatric symptoms, including affective dysregulation, irritability, impulsiveness, anxiety, obsessive compulsive symptoms, paranoia, altered social interaction, grandiosity, and even schizophrenic-like symptoms. Now, as a mom who had a child severely injured in her brain from a chickenpox vaccine, I can tell you that we saw almost every single one of those things happen to her within that first year following that vaccine. So obviously, if you're a parent and these kind of things are happening in your home, and let's say it is a teenager that you let do that or a pre-puberty child, you might think you have what I thought I had, which was a severe behavior disorder kid suddenly all of a sudden acting out when I want to encourage all of you to look at your children's vaccine schedule, get a copy of it from your doctor's office, plug in the dates on some calendars, especially if there's been some recent vaccinations and start figuring out as a mom who knows your child better than anybody else does was there any kind of correlation or timing? Because the problem is, is that your brain isn't making a connection between, oh yeah, my school required my kids to have the vaccine before they came back in 2021. So yeah, we did do that. And this kid did start acting out in XYZ way, not long after that. Now you'll have it on a calendar and you can actually map it and figure out where is the timing of the new unusual behaviors potentially showing up in your children. It is imperative that we know what is actually causing sudden changes in our children. If your child does actually have what mine did, temporal lobe epilepsy, over time, repeated seizures there can it can cause this part of the brain that's responsible for learning and memory to shrink. Just think of that. That's what we're talking about. The future of our children is being altered. Untreated epilepsy is obviously going to continue to progress and worsen, and you're going to have more and more issues with your child. But if you have a child that has already been diagnosed and they miss medication or have lack of sleep, stress, consume alcohol, even a female cycle can actually be triggers that can set off epileptic episodes. And if they're the kind of epileptic episodes that my daughter had, she wasn't falling on the ground and doing something obvious. She was having stares off into the distance and her brain was having a funk and her personality and her brain and her ability to think, do math, read, understand what she read, do her basic schoolwork was all failing because of that untreated epileptic syndrome. Other studies reveal that epilepsy can be associated with hormonal changes. About four out of 10 men with epilepsy have low levels of testosterone. This hormone is important for physical development in males. It affects how sex organs develop and sexual function. So imagine that. Here we have possibly a generation of kids suddenly appearing into puberty who have been injected with something that possibly has set off a form of epilepsy in their, in their brain. 
It's not being identified. It's not being treated appropriately. It's not being treated. And now they're hitting puberty and they're having sexual dysfunction. And the way that our present medical system is deciding to deal with this is by giving them artificial hormones and doing surgeries with them. I'm not even a person who leans toward conspiracy theory. That's for one of our other nurses on Nurses Out Loud. But I will tell you, this looks highly suspicious because of the extreme level of occurrence that's happening in our culture right now. Something is wrong. This is extreme. We all need to be paying attention because something is definitely going wrong. Well, we're going to need to leave that there for another episode. Remember, the movie Sound of Freedom is airing July 4. Try to watch it with your family on opening day. Buy your tickets in advance. The link is in my show notes. Be inspired to look more closely. Observe your children and grandchildren much more closely. Until there has been reform in the vaccine industry in America, Please refrain from getting any more vaccines for your children. There is zero accountability for the industry creating those products being injected into your precious little ones. They are our future. There are purveyors of propaganda in your community, and we need to name them, expose them. They are in our colleges, schools, and school boards. Get active and find out what is happening locally. Share the stories you're hearing on America Out Loud by simply copying the links and texting them to friends and family. Each of us can make an impact and affect change. Be the person who touches the lives of others by simply sharing what you have learned and know. Make the truth known. We can all make a difference. Until next week. It's time and this is what